sit down and listen to this. I got a juicy piece of news, and it's reliable. Allen in Accounting got it from Stephen in Promotions, who got it from Cindy in Retail Sales, who got it from Arlene, the station manager's secretary, that the station is definitely way over budget and somebody's getting the axe. But don't tell anybody I was sworn to secrecy. Okay, that's Roz from Frasier. Gossip. Are you engaging in gossip? And what does it do to your own mind when you engage in gossip? We'll be talking about little white lies later on in the show. And it's the same thing. If you're gossiping to put another person down to make yourself feel better, when it's either the person's private business and none of your own, and it doesn't affect your life, and it doesn't change your view of their character, or you're doing it to... Um, make yourself feel self-important because you don't have self-esteem. You don't want to engage in gossip. Now, sharing your ideas about somebody, your observations with a loved partner, your husband, or someone very close to you is fine. But if you're trying to do it in the typical snitty way, the gossipy way where you got the goods on someone and you're going to talk about it, like I heard at the restaurant last night, some woman was saying, oh, I hate this guy at work and I hate this guy at work. Well, you know what you can do. She says, no, I don't mean to say this, but you can um, go to that sexual harassment meeting. Maybe you can get some ideas there. I was horrified. And she goes, at least it's a free breakfast. And so she's trying, she's talking about some guy behind her back, but she's doing more than that. She's suggesting to a co-worker that she potentially file a sexual harassment suit when nobody had mentioned anything about sexual harassment. It was just a way to kind of undermine somebody, get rid of somebody. So it's not quite gossip, but it's still uh, that type of, of um, nasty talk is no good. So right before the break, I was talking about uh, what do you do if you fall for somebody else at work and you're in a committed relationship with Tom? So a girl, this woman, Charlene, is in a relationship with Tom, and she's very attracted to Andy at work, and they've crossed the line. She's had an affair with Andy. She's made love with him. So I said first, if the first thing she needs to do is to understand herself. She needs to understand her own emotions. What are her big doubts about her current boyfriend, Tom? What are they? Is she just exaggerating them because she's embarrassed? Is she bored with him? Is he perfect but she feels insecure? Is he an alcoholic? Is he not ambitious? Is he a mama's boy? Contrast him with the guy at work. What is the guy at work providing that the current relationship isn't? Does she just like the taboo nature of it? Or are there real genuine problems in her relationship with Tom that maybe she didn't mention uh, that she needs to name for herself and maybe it's time to leave Tom? So until she knows what direction she wants to go, it's unfair to bring it up to Tom. But she needs to do that ASAP. So she can ask herself questions uh, such as, as I just said, those were a starter set of questions. What do I know about myself? Why did I allow myself to flirt? Why did I allow myself to cross the line with Andy without breaking up with Tom first? What is it about Andy that I'm enjoying? Is it that emotional visibility, that feeling intimate with him that I'm not currently getting with Tom? Would that fade with Andy over time, just like it did with Tom? Do we need skills to preserve a relationship? Are there negative aspects of Andy that I'm overlooking? So those are the types of introspective questions that you want to ask yourself. Then get together with Tom. Find a good time uh, when, when he doesn't have a lot else on his mind, but relatively soon, and say, Tom, you may have noticed that I'm acting a little off lately. I've been acting weird. I want to let you know what I did. I want to level with you. 
In one sense, I wish I could turn back time, but I can't. I know I've hurt you, and I want to let you know the facts. Then you can ask me questions if you want, or if you need to take some time to think about this, you can. He's already preparing himself. You can tell him, then you can tell him, go, get right to the point. I've been talking with Andy a lot at work. You know, I've mentioned him. We became flirtatious a few months ago. I never stopped it. I enjoyed his attention. And last week, I crossed the line, and we had sex. I know that you may be tempted to be angry at Andy. I take responsibility for my role in having done this. I'm still having feelings for him, and I also feel massively guilty uh, because I've betrayed you and I've betrayed myself. I'd always prided myself on being honest, and I've crossed the line. I don't want to make it even worse by pretending it didn't happen. Ask me any questions you'd like. I owe us both that. I am very sorry, but I know just saying I'm sorry doesn't cut it. Um, I owe us both that I tell you all the facts and that I do the thinking for myself and let you know how I'm feeling and listen to you. And if you've decided to break off the relationship at this point, you need to let him know what you really, really like about him and then some indication of why it's changed. But go at his pace because he may not be able to digest all of this in one sitting. If you want to rebuild the relationship, he may not have a choice. He may break it off immediately. But if he does want to rebuild it, I rebuild it, I would get the book. You can go to my website, After the Affair by Dr. Janice Abram Spring. So it's After the Affair by Dr. Janice Abram Spring. My website's drkenner.com. Uh, this is this is the email I received from a student in uh, someone who is getting their doctoral degree in at the University of Calcutta in India. So the question is about what is happiness? Can you tell me more? I am Debo Tree. I won't try to pronounce the last uh, name, doing my PhD on happiness at Calcutta University, India. Please tell me the actual definition of happiness. I'm waiting for your response. Thank you, uh, Debotry. And I highly recommend getting the book, Objectivism, the Philosophy of Ayn Rand, and reading Chapter 9 on Happiness. It is a phenomenal book by Dr. Leonard Peikoff. You can get it at www.aynrandbookstore.com. Uh, I think it's .com, or you can go to my website, drkenner.com. I don't think I have that book on there, though. So it's www.einrandbookstore.org. It's .org. Um, happiness is the success. Here's the definition from the philosopher Ayn Rand. Happiness is the successful state of life. Pain is an agent of death. Here's the definition. Happiness is the state of consciousness. It's the state of your mental functioning your mind, which proceeds from the achievement of one's values. Now she continues, Ayn Rand continues, a morality that dares to tell you to find happiness in the renunciation of your happiness. For example, giving up. You always give up to your family, to friends, to strangers, to the country, to the, the politicians. A morality that dares to tell you that to value the failure of your values is an insolent negation of morality. A doctrine that gives you as the ideal the role of a sacrificial animal seeking slaughter on the altar of others is giving you death as your standard. By the grace of reality and the nature of life, 
man, every man, is an end in himself. He exists for his own sake and the achievement of his own happiness is his highest moral purpose. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have wonderful friends. Of course you will. They are of rational value. And she continues, but neither life nor happiness can be achieved at the pursuit of irrational whims. Just as man is free to attempt to survive in any random manner, but will perish unless he lives as his nature requires, so he's free to seek happiness in any mindless fraud. But the torture of frustration is all he'll find unless he seeks the happiness proper to man. The purpose of morality is to teach you not to suffer and die, but to enjoy your life and live. And that's from my favorite book, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. So happiness is, again, that state of consciousness which proceeds from your achieving your values, your work, your friends, your hobbies, your enjoyment of your kids, your enjoyment of your romantic relationship. If you do it rationally, that's what true happiness depends on. And when we get back, we will be talking about little white lies, which obviously aren't going to make you happy. And I'll take your calls and questions toll-free, 1-877-DRKENNER. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke, who's world-famous for his theories in goal-setting. A successful romantic relationship absolutely needs partners to feel cherished by one another. Here are some principles to help accomplish this. 1. Work to understand your partner. 2. Encourage your partner to pursue his or her values. 3. Communicate constantly. 4. Show concern for your partner's welfare. 5. Show generosity. 6. Make decisions together. Seven, respect your partner's need for private time. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com. 